reflect on the covenant that we've made by being members of this body. So as soon as, there we are. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, We do now in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into the covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We engage before to promote its prosperity and spirituality to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintance. To avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love. to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation, and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay altogether. We moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we were carrying out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. Amen, amen. Now we will have our Congregational hymn, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I was sinking deep in sin. From the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now say, and everybody sing, Lord. Love. Oh, love. 
Everybody sing love. Everybody sing love. Join us for practice pizza and a prize. The Children's Sunday School Department will hold Black History Program practices here at Cade on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next two weeks. Join us on January the 21st, the 24th, the 27th, and the 30th. The Youth Council has rescheduled its 2020 Vision Day to January the 25th from 9 a.m. to 12 in the gym. Youth will be encouraged to create a vision board. We are still asking for and accepting your magazine donations for this event. The pageant ministry is accepting applicants for the 2020 Senior and Junior Miss Kate Chapel. Applicants must be between the ages of 9 and 19, active in the Kate Chapel Youth Department, academically responsible, demonstrate Christian character, a positive behavior, and a willingness to serve. The pageant will be held on Sunday, February the 23rd at 3 p.m. Please see Sister Lenita Ballou or Sister Patricia Austin for more information. Hey Chapel, do you remember this song? How about this one? Takes you back, doesn't it? Well, that's what the K Chapel Mission Ministry intends to do. Take you back to a time when you really paid attention to the words of a song. When individuals not only sang the songs, but had some smooth choreographed moves to go along with it. Get ready for the Old School Review coming to the Family Life Center near you on February the 28th. And guess what? you have an opportunity to participate. Get ready. More information coming next Sunday. Stay tuned. It's cookie time, your favorite time of the year when Tagalongs, Samoas, Trifos, Dosidos, Thin Mints, and Lemon, yes, Lemon Girl Scout cookies are available. Please see a Girl Scout or a Girl Scout troop leader to place your order today. Thank you for your support of the Cade Chapel Girl Scouts. The Voices of Love invite you to attend the annual Kingstream Interdenominational Mass Choir Concert today here at Cade at 3 p.m. This event is free and open to the public. We'll see you right back here in the sanctuary at 3 p.m. and bring a friend. 
attention parents and youth between the ages of 9 and 18 if you're planning to attend the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education that will be held in Kansas City, Missouri from June the 22nd through the 28th, you must complete and return the interest form. These forms can be obtained from the Sunday school departments in the children and Indian areas and should be returned to these locations as well by Sunday, February the 2nd. I know you probably won't believe me, but our very own Deacon Perry Allen is turning 50. Happy birthday, Deacon Allen. Today's sanctuary flowers have been donated in your honor by your lovely family. Miss Fatisa, Javen, and Dalen would like to wish you a happy birthday and many more to come. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Now y'all been calling Perry that little young deacon all this time. Amen. <laughs> they, they put it on blast this morning. Amen. God bless you. Happy birthday to you and to all, all who celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. We thank God for that and for you. Listen, we also want to thank you for your prayers uh, for this week. We uh, had a wonderful midwinter board meeting in the city of Dallas, Arlington, actually. Our own Mary Coleman represented K Chapel and the Women's Auxiliary of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention well. We are a blessed people here at K Chapel. We thank God for the wonderful represent. Amen. That's right. That's right. Our own president, Dr. Isaac Jackson, as well, rep uh, preached uh, one of the sermons during the uh, parent body and so we were well Mississippi is well represented you can be proud of the work that we're we're doing on, on the national scale uh, right here representation from the state of Mississippi listen we do want to extend the right hand of fellowship to our newest members we want to ask you to come down now uh, and receive the right hand of fellowship that includes Cameron Fil Fleming Gwendolyn Richmond, Silas Richmond, won't you come down and receive the right hand of fellowship and while they're coming uh, Reverend Harrington won't you come and recognize our visitors while they're coming Good morning, Kay Chapel. With all who are not officially on our rolls visiting with us this morning, please stand. All visitors, would you please stand? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's give them a hand clap of praise and please remain standing. Here at Kay Chapel, we are just so happy that you have chosen to visit with us today. And we know that you could have gone anywhere. If you're looking for a church home, don't look any further. You can join here by letter, Christian experience, or candidate for baptism. But right now, we want to give you something only you can get here at Kay Chapel as we enter into our fellowship time. Let us welcome our visitors.
Good morning, Kay Chapel. This morning, there are some members that are in need of your prayers. And I want to share just a few opportunities that you will have in the upcoming week to share in ministry of one to another as we remember and care for these members. Let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Reverend Darrell Harrington and Brother Jerome Harrington lost their sister, Sister Annette Ficklin Robinson. A memorial service for Sister Ficklin will be held on January 25th at 11 o'clock a.m. here at Kate Chapel. Sister Ficklin is also the stepsister of Reverend Shirley Harrington and Sister Ober Porter. Sister Frances Mack lost her mother, Mrs. Johnny Young. That funeral will be held on January 25th at 11 o'clock a.m. at Liberty Baptist Church in Canton, Mississippi. Family Hour will be held on Friday, January 24th from 5 to 7 p.m. at People's Undertaking at 319 West North Street in Canton, Mississippi. Sister Jerry Thornton and Sister Carol, Carolyn Bowman lost their uncle, Mr. Johnny Lee Moorhead. While they were en route to the funeral in Florida, they received word that the last brother of the deceased had passed away in Yazoo City. His name is Mr. Moses Moorhead. Now, the sister of the two deceased brothers, Mrs. Betty Moorhead, is in the Mississippi Baptist Medical Center in ICU, and she is definitely in need of your prayers. We have a card from, not yet. Mrs. May Etna Singleton, the aunt of Sister Sarah Fisher, passed away on Tuesday, January 16th. The funeral will be held January 21st at 10 o'clock a.m. at Belmont MB Church in Raymond, Mississippi. She is also the cousin of Mother Susie Christen and Brother Archie Singleton. We have those who have recently lost loved ones. Reverend Leroy Harrington lost his sister, Miss Alma Tillman, Sister Janice Mitchell lost her brother, Mr. Bobby Ray Rankin, Sister Maxine Cooks and Clara Roberts lost their stepbrother, Mr. Charlie James Mayfield. We also have a card from the Harrington family that says, thanks so much for your love and support during the, during the homegoing of my sister Alma. You will always be remembered in our prayers. And this is from Reverend Leroy Harrington and family. We have in the hospital still Brother Kenny Williams, Sister Aletha Lewis, Reverend Michael Jones is in rehab, Brother Claude Wilson, and they're asking to continue with the limited calls and visits. Mrs. Cleo Osborne, the grandmother of Sister Scarita Blackman. We have recovering at home, Sister Lula Cheatham, Joyce Price, Mr. Levi McBride, Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blunson, and Sister Dorothy Aldridge. And as I always say, as you journey this week, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day thank God that you can. Amen. Good morning. Good morning again. Let's go do it one more time. Good morning. It's time now to bless the Lord through our giving. 
For those of you that are at home, there should be a, a number at the bottom of your screen that you may also participate in the giving and worshiping and giving something back to God. We understand that fully worshiping God includes offering, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cade. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. We give as a sign of our thankfulness for God supplying provision in our lives. We give because we want to see God's kingdom grow through the mission and ministries that occur here and around the world through Cade Chapel. From what you have taken and offered for the Lord, Everyone who's willing is to bring the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. Y'all y'all pray for them, amen. Glad to hear our mail course this morning. They looking good, got these new ties on, amen. They looking real good here. Now y'all help them sing this morning, all right? Let's lift up the Lord this morning. Somebody need 
need a doctor, Lord. Somebody need you to be a lawyer. Somebody laying in the bed of affliction. Tell much pain, pain in their body. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, Lord. Hold my hand. Let us pray. Receive and bless these gifts and, and our lives, oh God, which we offer in response to your steadfast love as your son, Jesus, transformed people's lives. So may the lives of others be transformed through these gifts. Through our life, through our love, and through witness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
your mercy reign. I, I could stand some more of his mercy. I could stand some more of his grace. I could stand some more of his blessings. I could stand some more of his anointing. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it, don't, let it rain on us. Let it rain on me. Hallelujah. 
And he said, he said, I pour you out a blessing. And there shall not be room enough to receive it. I don't know about you, but I don't mind letting it rain on me. Let it rain on me. Let it rain on me. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, man. Blessing us on this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Good to see each of you, my father's children. I certainly want to also welcome to the pulpit Reverend Ira Cole, who's visiting us from the Rhodes Creek Missionary Baptist Church in Terry, Mississippi. Reverend Cole, good to have you with us on this morning. Amen. We also have with us Reverend Joshua Myers, who's visiting with us from the old Concord Missionary Baptist Church in Bentonia, Mississippi. Amen. Bentonia, Mississippi. Amen. Amen. He reached out to me earlier this week and said, Reverend, I, I'm going to slip away and get, get a few hours in uh, over at the cave this morning. I said, well, if you come, bring a song. He said, Reverend, I keep a song. Amen. And so after the sermon, Reverend, I'm going to let you sing. Amen. Amen. You come on and get it ready. Y'all get something together because he, he, he'll tell you where he is. He'll, amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter number three, Acts chapter number three. I want to begin reading at the first verse, Acts three, beginning with verse number one. There you will find these words recorded. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject this morning, do the right thing. Do, do the right, do the right thing, do the right thing. This weekend, this weekend is a time when we as a nation should be called to our higher selves through the celebration of a prophetic preacher whose piercing Words more than inspired our hearts, but they challenged our thoughts, they confronted our prejudices, and they demanded a critical examination of our nation's conscience, our nation's morality, to dig deep, to search long, and do the right thing. His brilliant 
rhetoric not only gave us a hopeful perspective, but it helped to usher us through the difficult waters of social renewal and national revival. Harkening back to the promises contained in the Constitution, Dr. King challenged America and Americans to do the right thing. To judge one another, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Do the right thing. To sit down together, black men, white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics at the table of brotherhood. Do the right thing. To live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Do the right thing. To walk in the light of creative altruism or in the darkness of destructive selfishness. Do the right thing. He said we ought to use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always ripe to do right. Do the right thing. To know that there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe nor popular, but he must take it because his conscience tells him that it is right. Do the right thing. He challenged us to leave the comfortable places of convenience and privilege and dare to meet one another in equal spaces and level playing fields, building toward a beloved community. Do the right thing. How we need to be reminded in this new day of self-serving politics, nationalistic leanings to do the right thing. More than ever, we need a clarion call to do the right thing in the halls of Congress. We need the words to reverberate and resound, do the right thing. As we now enter into the waters of a presidential impeachment, both sides need to be committed to doing the right thing. Locally, when so many disagreements in our capital city end with gunfire and homicides, we need people to stop the violence and do the right thing. As a new governor has been inaugurated and new elected officials have been sworn, in. We need for these people to do the right thing. Do the right thing for Mississippi children to receive a quality public education. Do the right thing for workers to receive fair living wages. Do the right thing with corporations who have illegally employed immigrants and exploiting them for cheap labor yet arresting them and splitting their families apart for political points. Do the right thing with a prison system such that our treatment of them is not itself criminal. Do the right thing for the mentally ill, for the homeless, for veterans who unfortunately oftentimes find themselves mentally ill and homeless. Do the right thing. Because doing the right thing, hear me, doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. It, it, it may not be the most politically expedient thing to do, but it's always the right thing to do. Yeah, it, it may not be the easiest thing, but the right thing is always the right thing to do. It may not be the most convenient thing, but the right thing is always the right thing. It may not be the least expensive thing, but it's always the right thing. You may not get attention or recognition for it, but doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. I'm going to say that again because you, you make it personal. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. 
Leave politics alone for a second. Get personal. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. I, I know I'm saying, I know, I know that you don't want to forgive them because of everything they put you do, through, but doing the right thing, see, I told you to make it personal, is always the right thing to do. I know that you have not been able to bring yourself to apologize for your actions because you feel like you wouldn't have done what you did if they hadn't said what they said, but doing the right thing is always, wish y'all would come on and go with me here, is always the right thing to do. I, I know they did you wrong and now it seems like that they're finally reaping some of the bad stuff that they sowed into your life, but doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Paul, Paul, Paul even acknowledges the struggle in doing the right thing. When he writes in Romans 7 and 21, when I would do good, evil, I see I got some Bible readers here, is present with me. In other words, when I want to do the right thing, when I want to live in the right way, when I want to make the right kinds of decisions that will glorify God and be a witness of my faith, I'm confronted with all of the wrong things I could do. I want to do right, but evil is everywhere. Paul said, and if I'm completely honest about it, the good that I would do, He said, I, I would do it, but, but evil, the evil that I would not, that's the stuff that I find myself doing. Which means that doing the right thing is sometimes easier said than actually done. It's easier to say you're going to pray more regularly than to actually follow a scheduled prayer. It's easier to say you're going to eat better Amen, lights. Then it is to actually change your diet. It's easier to want to be honest and say you're going to be honest than it is to show the waitress that she gave you too much change. See, because some of y'all messed up and you called that the Lord blessing me. The Lord. Oh, the Lord blessed me today. Lord ain't blessing you, He testing you. You see how honest. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me in here. Tell your neighbor, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. And in this morning's text, we find a situation that is not uncommon today. A man begging for help. And he's begging for help from people of faith. You don't know this man, but you do. You know this man. We see this man on the street corners. We see this man on the highway on and off ramps. We, we see him at major intersections and stoplights. We, we see this man on park benches. We, we see this man, we see this man waiting outside of the grocery store. We, we see this man. 
He meets us day after day. This man who met with Peter and James is no stranger to us. And the question is, what is the right thing to do? As we celebrate the life of this preacher who called us to live a life of service to humanity, to have a heart of compassion for one another, what is the right thing to do? Because while many of us have a heart to help, truth be told, we also want to be safe. I can't get no real folk up in here. We, we don't want our goodwill to cause us to become targets for being assaulted or taken advantage of. So what is the right thing to do? We, we want to help, but, but we don't want to subject ourselves to danger in the process. What is the right thing to do? We want to help, but we don't want to add to the problem by enabling addictions. So what is the right thing to do? <laughs> do the right thing. Several things in this text are instructive to the people of God this morning. The first thing, Carol, I see in this text is a team approach to ministry. It's in the text, y'all. Meaningful ministry, hear me, does not happen by itself. The Bible says that Peter and John were together going to the temple for the hour of prayer. Now please don't miss the significance of Peter and John going to temple together because there was a personality conflict between Peter and John. You could not have two more different disciples than Peter and John. Peter and John were different in their personality makeup. They, were, they saw life through, through different lenses. They, they viewed life and responded to life differently. John was a compassionate man. John lived by his heart. He, he was a man of care and comfort, benevolence and charity. John always thought about others before he thought about himself. And Jesus liked that about John because when he was dying on the cross, he stopped dying long enough to say, John, behold thy mother. In other words, John, I'm leaving my mama to you to take care of her because I know you have a heart of compassion. You, you will tend to others before you tend to yourself. John, take care of my mama. That's John. Peter, on the other hand, was not nearly as caring or compassionate. Peter carried a switchblade. And if you pushed him, he'd use it. Wish I had a witness in here. He was saved, but he wasn't that saved. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me in here. He, he, he was saved, but he remembered. He could reach back and get it if necessary. He, Peter was brash, rough around the edges. He, he had a good heart, but the needs of others was not his first priority. The good of others was not his primary concern. And you see it when Jesus calls a, a few of his disciples up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter makes the cut. 
And when they get up there, Bill, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be up here. I'm tired of them down there. I'm glad you brought us up here. As a matter of fact, we don't ever have to go down. I'll build you a temple. I'll build Moses one. I'll build Elijah one. And we can just stay up here. You know, some folk are like that when they get up. They'll forget about everybody else. They, when, when, when they get up a little bit, they'll forget about where they come from. They, they, they'll say, Lord, it's good for me to be up. And they'll forget who they left down in the valley. Peter said, I, I don't want to deal with the needs of other folk any longer. I'm tired of feeding folk and healing folk and touching folk. Lord, let's just stay up here. Peter and John were completely opposites. But watch this. They were walking together to temple. Together. Despite their personality conflict, they were a team. Despite their ministerial competition, they were a team. And because they recognized that they are on the same team, they did not allow their personality differences to get in the way of them working together. <laughs> what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you may not get along with everybody but you need to learn how to work with anybody. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you gotta grow and learn that, that, that all personalities are not gonna jail like this. But guess what, you, you can be an A type and I can be a B type, but if we're all under the banner of Christ, we can work together to get the kingdom business done. Wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, yeah. G Jesus himself, Jesus himself gives a model of team ministry when he says to his disciples, I want you to go out and heal and preach and touch. And he sends them what? Two by two. He does not send them as single disciples. He sends them in teams of two. There's a lot of wisdom in that. That if you're going to minister to the needs of people, you ought not go alone. You ought to take somebody with you. Somebody watch this, deacons, who can be a witness. I wish I had a witness in here. So, so, somebody who can stand with you and say, this is what happened. This ain't what happened. Somebody lying. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. It, 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 there's a lot of wisdom in team ministry and team approach. If it gets too difficult for one somebody, I can jump in and help carry the load. There's a lot of witness in going two by two. But then there is this wonderful idea of two different types coming together. I love that, Bill. Can I, can I contemporize that for just a moment? The two types coming together? Listen, if, if we are all Christians, we should never let our politics get in the way. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. We, we should never let our politics trump our faith. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. We, we should never let our politics come before our love for each other. Yeah, yeah Paul, Peter was on one side and John was on the other side. But when it came to Christ, they said, listen, we're all in this thing together. And the right thing to do is to put down petty arguments 
and really start to tackle some of the daily issues that people deal with. Oh, oh! What a blessing government can be to society if we decide these and ours aren't important. But what's important is the good of humanity. Peter and John went to temple together. And if we're going to do transformative work for the kingdom, we've got to be bigger than our politics. Our faith must take precedence to our party. Love for mankind must dominate our motives and saturate our intentions. At the end of the day, though Peter and John were opposites in terms of their personalities and everything else, they still worshiped together and they worked miracles together. The greatest witness of the church will be when we put aside our politics and work under the banner of Christ above all things. The day must come in the church when we understand that Dr. King was right when he said, quote, the church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state, but never its tool. Too many churches have become the tools of parties too many churches y'all not talking to me in here too many churches have become dependable voting blocks for certain parties and and we must be dedicated beyond everything else god before party christ before politics we cannot allow our politics to come before us our faith must inform our politics in this togetherness, you had a wonderful thing to come play, to take place. You had, watch this, you had John with a heart of charity. And you had Peter with a mind for ministry. And the two came together. You had in John, watch this, one who saw the world through the lens of compassion. And through Peter, you saw one who saw the world through the lens of self-determination. And the two came together that brings me to my second point doing the right thing oftentimes requires more than your money doing the right thing oftentimes requires more than your money doing the right thing is a combination of charity and advocacy sometimes well-meaning christians are guilty of only putting money where long-term solutions are required. We throw money at problems. Some problems require more than just money. I know that we have hearts for charity and we want to see the conditions of people's lives change, but money without opportunity is a formula for failure. Money without opportunity is a formula for failure. What do you mean, preacher? If Peter had just given the man money, he knew that the man would still be there tomorrow. But if he was somehow able to help the man walk, that man would have a new reality. Money would have given him a meal for the night, but a miracle would have changed the man's life. Money would have filled his stomach, but a miracle would have filled his spirit. Money would have given him temporary relief, but a miracle would have given him a new lease on life. And Peter said, you don't need money, you need a miracle. 
And the church must be the agency where miracles still take place. The church must be the agency that provides both money and miracles. The money will help with immediate needs, but the miracle of advocacy will change the condition forever. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you can't throw money at every problem. Some problems are beyond charity and benevolence. Some problems require a whole mind shift, a cultural reconditioning. Remember, this man, watch this, y'all. This man was brought to the temple every day to beg of alms. Watch this. That means somebody picked him up every morning. He was on somebody's agenda every day. They picked him up faithfully, carried him there, and dropped him off. This man, watch this, this man was conditioned to beg. That's what he knew. That's what people allowed him to do. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Y'all wondering where I'm coming from, aren't you? The, the church, the church, hear me, hear me. The church must be the place where we make new opportunities available. This man was in a cycle, a system of dependence that was being supported by those who thought that they were doing him a favor. And they probably felt good about picking him up and dropping him off. They, they probably figured it was a charitable thing to do for this man. And charity is good and necessary. But oftentimes the answer is not charity and benevolence by itself. The real answer has to do with creating new conditions through policy changes, through structural changes, through paradigm shifts that eradicate poverty, that minimum wages are increased, that allow people to earn a living from an honest day's work. There must be charity and advocacy if people's conditions are going to be made better. Instead of just meeting needs with money, the church must be about the business of providing opportunities. Opportunities for people's lives to be turned around. Opportunities for their finances to be restored. Opportunities for restitution and redemption to take place. Opportunities for people to get their lives back on track. Opportunities for people to be rescued from the cycle of payday loans and put on a path of economic security. The church must provide opportunities to turn dependence into independence. And that's when you're doing more than benevolence ministry. That's when you're saying we'll help you, but we'll change you if you let us. We'll help you, but we'll give you a new life if, if you let us. We'll, we'll bless you, but in the meantime, you'll have a whole new perspective on how to live your life. And as a community of faith, we must lean, hear me and hear me well, we must lean into the work of restitution and reclamation with an eye towards recovery and restoration. Now, what does that mean? I know you asked, what does that mean, preacher? Break it down for me. I'm glad you asked. That means that the church must be about the ministry of redemption. The church must be about the ministry of redemption. Hear me, not just the redemption of souls, but the redemption of people who are condemned to a life of economic bondage. Working people, I'm talking about working people who have to use title loans 
to make ends meet and in the process end up losing real property and it's all because of the issue of poverty. The church has to lean into the ministry of redemption. It means restoring the lives of people who have been sentenced, James, to debtors' prisons in Mississippi who are trapped in a system that keeps them from ever paying off their debt. No matter how many years they work, it means us leaning into that work and interrupting the criminal rates of payday lenders by establishing our own church-backed microloans. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, I'm saying working folk who we know ought to be able to come to the church. Mm, Y'all missing it. Working folk who we know got an income, but the income ain't making the ends meet. Working folk we know who sit here day after Sunday after Sunday, and, and, and some of them are professionals, yet the professional jobs, the pay rate is so low that it still can't support a family of four. That somehow the church has to get into the business of redemption. Watch this, where I'm not just concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about your life. I'm not just concerned about you getting into heaven. I'm concerned about how you're living on earth. I don't, I don't want you to just be free when you get into the by and by, but I want you to live a life more abundantly down here. I want the shackles to be off your hands down here. I don't want you going to a loan shark and a payday lender and having to go year after year, month after month, year, week after week, and you never can get out of the cycle. And the church is a place of redemption. You think I'm wrong? Dr. King thought the same thing. He said it like this. He said any religion that professes to be concerned about the souls of men and is not concerned about the slums that cripple the soul, the economic conditions that stagnate the soul, the city governments that may damn the soul, King said that religion is a dry, dead, do-nothing religion in need of new blood. So let us not be found guilty of being a do-nothing church, a do-nothing faith with do-nothing people in the face of real immediate needs. We ought to be able to go to any bank in Jackson. We ought to be able to go to any bank in Jackson and say, with what we do, let's use our bank. We ought to be able to go to our bank and say, with what we bring through your bank every week, y'all ain't talking to me in here, that, 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 that you will bless people in our congregation those who come to us, those who we can qualify and say they're good for the loan, pay it back based on our credit. Based on our credit. Based on how long we've been in business with you. We'll back the loan. Keep our people out of that cycle, get into a reputable banking institution, 
And now we're in the business of redeeming. I'll tell you something else I want to do. Thank you, James. I'll tell you something else I want to do. You all read the article about the debtor's prison? Some of y'all read that this week. People are in prison right now working to pay off debts. They're working for less than minimum wage. And the state, in many cases, don't even know how many hours they work. They've not kept up with the records to know how much they've already paid. And these women in, 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 in prisons all around the state are working year after year, never being able to pay off their debts, and nobody can tell them how much they even owe. Because judges have said, we're not going to send you to the prison, but we're going to send you to the debtor's prison. I want the church. I want the church to get into the business of redemption. Saying that if, if, if there are ten women who we can go and get out of debtor's prison, that's what Jesus did. Jesus paid debts. Jesus saw where there was a debt that you could not pay. And he said, that's all right, I got you. The church ought to be in a place where we can look folk in the place and say, that's all right, we got you. We, we, got, we coming for you. We're going to redeem you. We, we, got, we got this debt. That's when the church is more than Sunday service. That's when the church is more than the salvation of your souls. The church is in the full recovery and full redemptive business of humanity. I'm through, but this is my last thing. If you're going to do the right thing, you got to understand how to lift as you go. Lift as you go. Look at it. Here's the last thing. He, it's in the text. It says in verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Watch this, y'all. I'm through. The text begins with two men going to church. But when it ends, three men are going to church. And, and you got to understand how the three men are going to church. Watch this. Peter did not just command the man to get up. But Peter got down himself and lifted him up. I wish I had some help in here. Pete, Pete, watch this. Peter just didn't give the man good advice. He got down and gave the man a hand. Peter didn't give the man strategies on how to get up. He got down and lifted the... Peter didn't give him techniques on how to get up. Peter got down and lifted the man up. I wish I had some folk in here who would commit themselves to saying whatever it takes, I'm willing to lift as I go. I love it, I love it, I love it because while Peter lifted the man up, Peter said, listen, we were going somewhere and we're not going to stop going where we were going. Where were you going, Peter? I was on my way to church. And if you want to go, come on and go with me. Do I have a witness here? That's good news this morning because what that says is when folk know that they've been touched, they really don't have a problem giving God some glory. 
husband so know that if it had not been for the Lord helping them, they won't mind coming to the house of prayer. Do I have a witness here? Is there anybody here who can testify today that the Lord did something in your life and you couldn't wait to get to the church house? The Lord blessed you and you couldn't wait to come to church and lift up holy hands. The Lord bless you and you couldn't wait for Sunday morning to get here to tell somebody how good God has been. The Bible says that this man got up jumping and leaping and walking into the church house and I wasn't there but I could see the faces of the folk who were in the church saying ain't that the man that we bring to the gate we bring him to the gate how is he in the church good God almighty and that reminded me that there are some church folk who don't mind blessing folk but they'll bless them in the street but don't want them to come to the church they'll bless them in the park but don't want them to come to the church they'll bless them in the homeless shelter but don't want them to come to the church here is this man saying I'm going to worship the God that you said All I'm saying is, I'm through. All I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, King's favorite song probably said it best. If I can help somebody, watch this, as I pass along. What he's saying is, listen, while I'm going about my journey, I want to lift as I go. If I can help somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody that he's traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. My living shall not be in vain. The doors of the church are open. You can come by letter, by Christian experience, as a candidate for baptism. This is the church, a place of redemption, a place of new realities, a place where who you were does not determine who you are. And if you're here this morning and you need a new lease on life, you need a new reality for life, if you're ready to give your heart to Christ, the doors of the church are open. If you're here and you don't have a church home, you're invited to come. I want my friend Joshua to come. Sing a song. Sing any song you want. Y'all fine. Bless us this morning, Josh. God bless you. Oh, God is able. Just to carry, come on here, 
It makes no difference what the world. All you gotta do is just trust Him, and everything. Oh yeah, God is able. Come on and help me. Oh, just to carry. Oh, God is able. He's able just to carry. Oh, Lord, it makes no difference what the world. But all you gotta do is just trust Him. Yes, and everything. Oh, yeah. Just to carry, oh, it ain't no secret. Come on, put your hands together. What my God, oh yeah, what he done for others. I tell you, he'll do it for you. But all you gotta do is just trust him. Just trust in Jesus. A shadow of a doubt, yeah. The Lord, he'll bring you out. Have you tried him? Have you tried him? Somebody said, I was just like the lame man. He picked me up, turned me all around, placed my feet on the solid ground. Do you know he's able? Do you know he's able? Do you, do you know? Do you know? Do you do you do you know? Do you do you do you know? Do you 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 know? Anybody here know he's able? Shout yeah! He's able! Shout yeah! He's able! God is able! My God is able!
Sister Wilson to stand. Brother Wilson is coming by Christian experience. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. That means you have been baptized. I've been baptized already. Hallelujah. Been church before. Yes. This church accepts you as a member. Are you willing to study with us? Yes. Are you Amen. willing to work with Amen. us? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Sister Wilson is coming from another faith. So she's coming as a candidate for baptism. Amen. That means that you believe that Jesus died for your sin. Yes. That he was the son of God. Yes. And that God raised him from the dead. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that you both go with Sister Butler, that you schedule for your orientation classes. All right? Amen. Amen. church say amen. amen amen once you stand to your feet we want to remind you again of the three o'clock service this afternoon for our martin luther king interdenominational choir which is sponsored by our voices of love we want to see each of you this afternoon at 3 p.m i believe the mime are also the mime ministry also participating in that and so it's going to be a wonderful uh is the uh Tougaloo college choir Tougaloo college choir is also going to be participating in that so it's going to be a wonderful occasion three o'clock p.m this afternoon right here in the sanctuary now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.